Hello and welcome back to uh, podcast series Sprucast, and um, we're back on with number two um, um, with uh, Josh and John. Uh, no Paul with us uh, this week because um, Paul's got a problem with his microphone. You may have picked it up on the last show. There was some distortion. Um, and it, uh, you know, it, it needs to be addressed. So he's, we're getting him sorted with a n- new microphone. Um, he will be back uh, as soon as. Uh, so on with this week's topic, which is um, lost skills. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm a firm believer that um, you need to have uh, you need to have some kits that are not great. Because if you don't have those, you have um, no, nothing to learn on. So the, the analogy I always use for this is um, if you took two people that were um, equally um, not modelers, never, never done any modeling before in their life, and you gave them two years to learn uh, learn what they could but on the one side they're only allowed to build Bandai um, Meng let's say Tamiya and that's that's it on the other side they're only allowed to use Revel Airfix um, Matchbox <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've got yeah they've got a wider range but we could limit it limit it to a few um then after two years you get them together and as a test you give them i don't know let's say a zuki mora kit to build how do you think that would fare that test would fare from no um you know no outside interference uh, nobody um, sort of telling them what they need to learn. They've got to learn on their own. Um, and I think that honestly, uh, the person that's been brought up on the Bandai and the Tamir and that are going to have many, many more problems um, than the person that's been uh, that learned on Revel, Airfix, whatever. I mean, John put it perfectly the other week when he said it's model assembly versus model building um there's there's a big difference and i you know we're we're entering a time now where i think some of these skills are beginning to be lost um you know you see it in some of the forums with some of the questions that are asked um some of the questions that are asked, the, the answers are fairly, you know, um, it, it's a case of that's basic modelling. You just need to, uh, you know, use basic modelling principles and that would resolve the issue you're asking about. Um, uh, you know, and that that's just my, my thoughts on that. So I'm going to open it up now um, to Josh and John and... Um, let the fireworks begin. <laughs> well, let Josh go first, eh? Maybe he said we were going to overrun. 
Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit different. I, I use this hobby as like a stress relief. So, with that being said, I would probably more, I would, I would go more towards the Bandai side. Yeah. Just, just because I don't, I don't care if it comes out perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even, on, even if I did both sides. It's, it's about just coming out here, relaxing, having fun. That's you know, actually. You know, so I. I understand both sides of that argument. Yeah. Like, and the rivet counters are great for this. In what you know, way? In like, they try to. How do I say this? They try to encourage better, better models from people. You know what I mean? Or if you're saying it's it's gonna look supposed to look this way, you know it should look this way. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard. Um, that's a brilliant argument. The whole stress relief thing, and um, actually, that's the first time I've heard somebody come up with that uh, to say, yeah, you know, I come to this to relieve stress, so I don't want to be sanding and problem solving i just want to click things together and and make something that looks good and that makes sense as an argument um yeah i can i can totally understand that and um yeah that's that's a that's a new one on me that uh so yeah i can understand that Corsairs, the new Spitfires and stuff, right? Yeah, they go together almost perfectly and stuff. Accuracy wise, they're about there. But I'll look at them as mojo builders. Yeah. If you're lacking on a bit of mojo, and some, I think, say you've got a kit and you're really trying to go to town on it, you can get OTT in it. You can get over the top, but it, it, it just becomes too much. And you get like, uh, what do you call it, like, like, like a writer's block, modeler's block. Yeah, yeah. At one time, I used to be able to paint um, Phantom ejector seats, uh, American ejector seats. I used to be able to paint them really well. Well, just at the minute, I can't get back into doing them how I used to be able to do them. I mean, interestingly, uh, Mojo, if you look it up in the dictionary, is um, it stands for a magic charm, talisman or spell. It's an influence, especially magic power. Um, so uh, we use it in modelling to define, um, for those that don't know that might be listening, Mojo is um, your interest, the best way of describing it, your interest in your hobby. So when there's a lack of mojo, there's a lack of um, interest. You've, you've just got no interest in what you're doing. You don't really want to be building or making anything. And, you know, every modeler suffers from it at some point or other. Um, yeah, as John puts it, modeler's block. But you will often hear modelers refer to it as mojo 
Um, so I just went and had a look because I wanted to see what mojo actually meant. Um, and yeah, it's a uh, um, magic power. <laughs> But then the thing is, what happens inevitably is if somebody builds like that and they, they don't have these, they don't build with Revel or something, then they come across a kit that probably is not a great fit, um, has its issues. They will start um, complaining that the kit is rubbish, the, the kit is, uh, pardon my French, the kit is shit, um, and it's, it's, you know, a waste of time, a waste of money. And really, it's not. It's just that it's a bit. It takes a bit more to build. Yeah, um, it's like when you build your Phantom, your third scale Phantom. Yeah. Right? I've got the S4G, the Wild Weasel one. Right now, everybody knows that that kit's got a few issues. Right, but with a few basic modelling skills, you can correct them issues. And with a little bit of scratch building, some uh, lead wire, a bit of plastic card, you could turn that kit into a cracking build. Yeah. And this is this is true of every single kit. Yeah. And and, and I I actually done two builds where I purposefully took two kits that were deemed to be um, unbuildable. Um, there was that Revel um, Phantom that uh, everybody said was a real dog's kit. Um, was really poor. You know, I should stay away from it. And the other one is the infamous um, Airfix 124th scale Spitfire Mark V. Um, and I'd done a video build of the Spitfire Mark V. And, and that was going together well until I dropped it. Um, and uh, and then there were some issues that, that led on because of that. It did get finished though. Um, it's on the wall and it looks great. Um, so you know I managed to get there. Uh, and the thing is, I mean, you know, one thing that annoys me with people that go on about bad kits. These same people um, will buy. They'll go and buy a kit for a hundred plus pounds, a limited run kit, and they'll say, "Oh, it's a poor fit, blah blah blah," but it's a limited run kit, so that's okay. Now, they'll get a Revel kit that doesn't fit very well, that's thirty quid, 
and it's the end of the world because it's a bad kit. It, it's oh. it's so bad, it's unbelievable. It's got fit issues, and but it will still make a very good kit with with the same man. You know, it, it's frustrating. I, you know, I'm not knocking limited run kits, and I'm not knocking anyone that builds them. Um, I've I've never. I've never built the limited run because they're normally way out of my price league. Um, but the thing is, what I'm, I think what I'm trying to say is a Revel kit is a lot cheaper and you'll get a lot of the problems that you may get with limited run kits. I'm opening myself for massive amounts of criticism here. I just, I'm, I'm replaying this conversation in my head now, and I'm thinking, oh dear. <laughs> well, it, it, it's like the Rebel Four Tactical Tornado. It's a Donkers, right? You've got the uh, the GR4, you've got the German version, and you've got the new F3. You open that kit and you look, you think, why did they build the fuselage in so many different parts? Why, why, why is it made it complicated? Parts count. I've built, I've built three or four of them now, and the first one I built, yeah, I did have some fit issues. But when I built the second one, I took a little bit more time, a little bit of sanding, a little bit of trimming here. The next three that I built, no filler at all. Yeah, so you learn from, from building that bad kit, which is my whole point. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do that. Then he tells you how it goes together. Right? Um, yeah. It's... Uh, to me, it's the what we're talking. The, the the thing is, it's it's little things that make all the difference when you're building a kit. And and my example for this is take gluing items together. So these kits are made to uh, incredibly tight tolerances, um, more so with the later manufactured ones. So when you glue an item together, you get some people that love to clamp the items together and, and they'll squeeze them until the glue uh, and the plastic start bulging out of the the slot where they've glued it and so by doing that they've removed maybe a millimeter of the tolerance on that build so if they do that on every single glue joint at some point they're going to come to a point where things don't meet together because they've slowly eroded they've stacked up their um, errors if you like 
Um, because I, I think in modelling, errors do get stacked. You make one error on top of another and another, um, and it, it slowly moves the point. How can I put it? I'm, I'm not making a very good. Um, I'm not making a very good argument here. Basically, uh, taking the wiggle room out of the model as you're going along. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so the the more mistakes you make, the less wiggle room you've got. And then before you know where you're at, you you've you've used all the wiggle room up, and you're into deficit. Uh, and then you start hitting problems because all of a sudden bits don't meet, um, and that's when you've got issues and that's and i i think that's when some of these ter- you know sometimes that's when you'll get people that do a kit and it goes together great and another person will come along and build it and it's utter utter rubbish and that's well, probably because it's you got to remember each each time a kit comes out of the mold it can be a little different too yeah yeah that's that's a fair comment yeah Yeah, and the thing is, that that that's that is the whole thing of this this topic on this sprucast. You've got to have basic modelling skills. Um, I think if if you're starting out in modelling, I really think you you want to be picking up your revel kits to build first. Might not give you as much enjoyment in terms of um, just clicking them together. And, and getting a really perfect build first time, but they will pay dividends um, when you come to build your bigger kits later on. When you when you're spending your hundred quid on a kit, that's when those um, little tiny rubbish kits or whatever. That's when they will pay off. That's what I think. Anyway, I mean. That's just my opinion on that. I, I, I mean, everybody's got their own uh, opinion. There'll be many that will disagree. Um, some people will, you know, some people will agree. Uh, and uh, so, you know. Oh, this is it. You're just saying you'll get folks that will agree, agree with you wholeheartedly. You'll get folks that totally disagree with you but that's model making yeah that's uh, the hobby there'll be people that will totally disagree with me as well just because it's me yeah. <laughs> same here 
But there we go. So, I mean, we're 19 minutes in. We cracked this one. <laughs> so, uh, a nice short one, really. Uh, I mean, anything anyone else wants to add at this point? I mean, with the whole, like, you can even add figure painting to this also, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love figure painting. Like, I mean, there's figures that absolutely go together with no problems. And yeah. And then there's others that, you know, you have to figure out how to fit a triangle inside of a box, you know? Yeah, and and I mean, if using figure painting, you've you've got a whole another set of basic um, painting skills that are needed. Um, that's a whole, that's completely different from painting jets and cars and 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 yeah, you need uh, you need a basic set of skills for that um, for figure painting alone. Uh, I like figure painting. I'm still learning it, very much learning it. Um, so I'm learning about the, the, you know, shadow and highlight and all the various techniques used to get that. Um, a big favourite of mine is uh, Gilbert Mondragon. Uh, if you haven't seen his work, go and have a look at him on Facebook um, or, or the Styrene Syndicate. Uh, his work is phenomenal. Um, Josh does also um paints figures as well he's got some great stuff if you want to pop along and see josh's channel what's your channel josh mine is uh rise Dam designs on youtube and then it's the same thing on facebook yeah so i mean go and have a look he's, he does some great stuff um uh josh also does 3d printing um, as uh, and I've just started 3D printing, so um, I'm sort of taking my cues from Josh on settings and things like that because it's a lot more advanced than people um, realise in in that respect. Um, but yeah, there's there's so like John said earlier, YouTube is your friend, um, or the internet is your friend. Go and have a look on YouTube. There's nothing you can't see. Uh, there's nothing that you can't um, look up. It's it's all there, uh, ready to look at. And uh, hopefully now with this podcast, although I can't and I don't think we'll be able to do any how tos on the podcast. Somebody did ask me, would we be doing any how tos? Um, I don't think it's possible, really, in audio. Well, this, this, this is it, isn't it? You've got folks out there who've got YouTube channels. Right? There's that many different people out there in YouTube land that have got their own channels that do how-to builds and this, that and the other. Right? And that's how they build. There's no hard and fast rules that you must use this glue. No. This. You must use these paints on this kit. It's down to each individual's choice. Yeah. And it's like, um, what kit have I got? Let's go for the AWACS. 
Yeah, you see, you've now got complete. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I've got one, right? How I build mine will be totally different to how you build yours. Yeah, because mine will be built wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that's down to the individual person and the individual person's skills. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's the model making community. Everybody's got their own little way. It's like, well, go back 10 years, right, working with oils and stuff like that. I used to do proper oil paintings, landscapes and stuff. I never used them on a model. Until I watched a YouTube video many years ago, I thought, oh, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I can't... Uh... I mean, it's it's come on leaps and bounds. I remember, um, I remember when I was young and I built my first model. I built was an A10, um, and I'm guessing it was 148 scale because as a child it was massive. This uh, A10, and and I bought. Uh, so we're looking back. It would have been about 40 years ago now, and. Um, it came with the obligatory cement in the tube, um, uh, uh, the, the the stuff like you get with your puncture repair kits, and um, you know I'd finished assembling it, and there was there was this glue seeping out of all the joints, and the the cockpit glass was all misted up. There was um, some joints had come away a little bit, and then I'd glued them, and they were all wonky and. Um, and then I, you know, I got fingerprints all over it, all over the damn thing. There were fingerprints, and I'd painted it in 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 the um, enamel colours that you used back then. Um, didn't want to wait for it to dry uh, properly, so you know, after after a day, I'd pick it up and think, oh, it, it's a little bit tacky. That's good enough for me. More fingerprints on there, and if I could look at it now, it would look a mess. But um, back then, I was amazed at how well I'd done. And, um, and, and then you jump forward 30 years, and I, I decided to come back to it. And that was, it. in my head, that was what I was expecting. So I went up to the model shop, and I bought a load of Airfix kits, because... Back uh, when I was when I was younger, it was just Airfix. Airfix was the standard. Well, Airfix and Matchbox were what they called pocket money kits, weren't they? Yeah. So um, you know, I went and bought a load of Airfix stuff, a load of Humbrol stuff, um, and then I came home and I started. Then I started looking into the hobby, and I soon realised. There's a whole load more companies out there now. You've got Edward, you've got, um, you know, Tamiya, and they were about then, yeah, but um, Airfix was still the, the, the big company back then. Um, and uh, so I, I, I soon found out that I bought all the worst kits possible. Um, I Every kit I bought, I'd tell somebody, oh, look at this, i got this. Oh, let go. Oh, that's not a good one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I kept getting. 
you know, oh, I've got this Spitfire Mark V. I only paid 25 quid for it. Oh, you were robbed, mate. <laughs> um, so... You went out and bought one Tammy a kit, right? And you could get a dozen airfit swaps for the same money. Yeah, so, I mean... And um, so I'd got all these these uh, bad kits, but they've stood me in good stead because I built them. And um, not all at once, I might add, because uh, I did manage to get some more in between. Um, and uh, yeah, they've they stood me in good stead because they've helped me build. They ha them kits helped me build the Phantom. And helped me build the Spitfire when I finally decided I was going to build it. And if it hadn't been for them, them two probably wouldn't be on the wall now. They'd be in the bin somewhere. So there you go. I mean, um, I'm, you know, I've, I, I hear other people asking the same thing: Are, are we losing our basic skills? Um, well, let's hope not. And you know, if you do find that you're struggling more with with kits more than maybe you should be go and get yourself a really really bad a little revel kit or a little you know get a little collection of them and start knocking them together and uh, practice on them go onto youtube um watch all your youtube programs and then practice on those little kits and uh I think you'll you'll do well. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but if you have questions, don't remember you know, remember the Facebook community is Yeah yeah. Yeah. Really really good about, you know, and you can upload pictures, be like, What the heck did I do wrong? Yeah, get involved. Feedback. Just remember <laughs> can be good or bad. But you, you, what you want the, one of the things you want to be wary of is there's, there's there's so many groups out there and how can I put this um, some groups can be um, I don't know some groups will help you no matter what your what your problem is and there's other groups that will tear you down or build you up. It's yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's it. Find a group that you A click with. Yes. And B, you're not afraid to ask a question and get a response back either. Yeah, that's exactly it, Josh. Yeah. There are some groups that I won't even post things in anymore because I know what kind of response I'm going to get from that group. But it's the internet. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, it happens in every every hobby. Every hobby it happens. But, um, and modelling's no different. But yes, you know, you make sure the group you're in is the right group for you. Um, and you'll know you'll know whether it's the right group for you. But, uh, well, this is it. Um, I'm still old school. I'd still rather go out and buy a book, magazine or something. Yeah, yeah. I love magazines. I love love reading them. And um, 
there's always uh, I mean we've gone through nearly all this I still haven't put a plug in for our own channel um, so if you want looking to join a channel that I mean we have a weekly um, live stream that's on for an hour and a half um, you know I do all my reviews all my um, how-to's everything is done live there's no pre-recorded and editing it's all done live um, so the Facebook page is the Sprue Surgery Waiting Room. Um, Sprue Surgery, all one word, capital S. And capital S on each of the Sprue... Spru so Sprue Surgery. Getting, getting all tongue-twisted, tongue-tied now. <laughs> Brain's working a bit slower than my mouth. Yeah, so it's Sprue Surgeon... Through surgery waiting room, I will get it right, and um, that's our Facebook page. Uh, if you want to join the uh, YouTube page where we have the weekly live streams, just go to um, YouTube and type in Sprue Surgeon, all one word, um, and that will take you to uh, my page. Or if you're a member of our group, there'll be a link on the page somewhere. And um, yeah, so our, our live stream runs every Wednesday evening at uh, starts, chat starts around half seven, uh, goes live about eight o'clock. Um, and we do various things. Uh, we've recently introduced lasers um, to the channel and we're looking at working with those. Um, so, you know, we've got quite a range of topics going. And we're always trying new stuff. Um, yeah, so if, if you want to be part of something new, then drop by and join us. And we have hangouts every night. So, um, you know, you can pop in, say hello, you can have a chat. We use it all to de-stress and, you know, if we've had a stressful day or, you know, you've got something on your mind, you can come in, just chat with us. Very friendly. Um and it's enjoyable we just build sometimes you just sit in silence and build but yeah feel free to drop in um i think really that that that's about covers covers it for this week uh so next week i'm gonna let somebody else pick what the topic is next week so um it's gonna be a surprise because uh, I, I haven't given John, Paul or Josh uh, enough time to have a think on what they want to make the topic um, but yeah, let us know what you think of these podcasts leave some comments or some feedback so we know uh, we, if we go in the right way um, if, you know, if, uh, if feedback's negative, tell us why what's the problem, is it an audio problem um, you know, is it something we can fix um let us know okay so um once again thanks for watching and uh from me josh and john it's uh goodbye catch you guys later see ya